<laughs> he called me last minute. Evan Ayers is here with us to rant about last night's episode of the uh, finale of Survivor. What's Survivor, is it, Evan? Survivor what? This is Survivor Season 38. Survivor Season 38. 15 years older than I date. Here it is. Evan Ayers with the rant right here on Patreon. Long ass intro. Does this, does this theme song give you a boner, Evan? It does. And you know what's fun, actually? I'll tell you afterwards. I think it's an old version of the theme song. This is the original, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were looking for the theme one reason why. Yeah, they changed it every season. I thought that Boston Rock? Boston Rock coming back? Has he been on like a hundred times? So yeah, so they changed they changed the um the the intro every season and it's actually my favorite part of the show ever. Whenever they release that, it gives me goosebumps. Does it really? Yeah. Do you like the goosebumps you're gonna have when you come see Jurassic Park live with me at the Hollywood Bowl? No, it wouldn't come close. Oh. All right. I'm saying like Survivor is. Uh, I'm just. I'm so beside myself right, right, right now. So, Hello, so, Joe. Evan, so t- why before you even give us your opinion, why don't you tell us what happened on this episode of Survivor yeah. that's causing all the Glad- controversy? Gladly. Um, okay, so last night was the season finale of Survivor Edge of Extinction. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, so the theme of this season was that the contestants, when they were eliminated, were historically when you were voted out, you're out of the game completely. Sure. And the idea was that you're eliminated and then now you are able to go to this this island, the Edge of Extinction, mm-hmm. with the idea at some point of being able to be brought back into the game. Sure. Um, and so last night they aired the finale and the finale ended with a contestant who was eliminated on day nine, I believe. He was the third person voted out, mm-hmm. won the game. He played Survivor for like seven days, and he yeah. beat everybody. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just, it is the only time I've ever felt like this show has jumped the shark. Oh, you feel, oh, wow, because this, this is, you love Survivor. I, no, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. My yeah. issue with the show right now, and I have to be kind of quiet because I'm at work right now. But like my issue with this show is yeah, this just... fucking Jeff Probst is uh-huh. the worst fucking person in the world. <laughs> I love I love him for the show. I love him for what he brings to it. It would not exist. He is the heart and soul of this show. He brings uh-huh. everything that Survivor needs as a game show host. Yeah. But in the last two years, or in the last year maybe, I guess he fired their lead casting producer, Lynn Spillman, who was in charge of casting everyone for the series. She brought you people like Rupert, Parvati, Sandra Diaz Twine, Boston Rob. She brought everybody that the show has ever had. Mm-hmm. He fired her because he hates women. And he, historically, he's always hated women contestants. And he is now in charge of casting. And so Wait, he brought Jeff this. Probst is in charge of casting? Yes. Yes. And I'll explain why that's important later. Wait, didn't he, he date a contestant? He did Julie Berry from season nine, but they broke up and they're not, he's married to somebody else now. Okay. Um, oh, where am I? God, where was I? Okay. He has fired this person and he's now in charge. And so he brought this stupid idea that goes against everything that this show has ever stood for in terms of the idea that you eliminate someone and then they're out of the game. It just brought this stupid, stupid twist to the game mm-hmm. that not only did it result in the jury being comprised of 13 people, mm-hmm. But it took away airtime from people that were still playing the game. Every episode, you were spent watching these fan favorites. So they brought back four players that have played before to be like advisors or captains, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they were sucking 
sucking these players' dicks the entire fucking time. So this thing was created to um, essentially give the people, give a fan favorite a chance to be eliminated, but still not be out of the game and keep the viewers up. Mm-hmm. So there's this one person, Joe, who everyone's obsessed with. Yeah, I understand that. Who's fucking terrible. <laughs> he's terrible at the game. He's not a good player. He is like, he's hot. He has long hair, but people are just, I mean, the casual fans of Survivor are obsessed with him to a degree that is like, it is almost like it's, I hate, I hate casual Survivor fans, fans of Facebook. They drive me so crazy because he does not have any strategic bone in his body, but he keeps getting cast because they, people will obviously watch him. Mm-hmm. So they bring him back for the show for the season with the idea that, okay, Joe is clearly an idiot. He's going to get voted off. He gets out, he gets voted out every season. So the idea of this is that at some point he'll get brought back in the game. And yet it backfired on them because Joe did not win that challenge that allowed the person to return to the game. This other man, Chris, who was voted out on day nine, played literally did nothing, like really did absolutely nothing, was brought back to the game. But because he spent 27 days living on an island doing nothing, he did not play Survivor. He literally laid on an island and just starved with these people. But because he spent time with these people who were voting for the winner, they gave it to him. And it just complete. and it, 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 they threw idols into the game that, like, the, essentially production has found a way now to manipulate the content. It's like Drag Race kind of now, which is why I can't say, which is why I think that it sounds like it's jumped the shark to me. So that's where we used to be a very equal opportunity, but game, like, any, there was a, a no, no production interference, anything. And it's so clear that, like, who they favored here. Mm-hmm. And it resulted in these two players at the end of the season these two women victoria and lauren who played incredible social games that were literally like they like they should have been in the final three and it just completely found any way they could to wipe them out towards the end of it and it just baffles me and it makes me angry between this and drag race and moderately game of thrones i am just i am beside myself and i'm really 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 fast okay i'm so I'm super confused I, okay, I, yeah. I, I don't watch the show so maybe this will help clarify yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so there's a guy you're Matt. You feel Joe should have won? No, no, no. Joe should not have been there in the first place. Who Joe do you should think not have should been have there won? at all. If you had to pick, who should have won the whole thing? It should have been this girl, Victoria. Okay. Now was she up? But to I there? actually no. Okay, so let, let's let's say the let's say that the theme aside, who should have won? Who should have won was this guy named Gavin. Mm-hmm. He was in the final three, and he actually played a brilliant social game, and he made incredible moves that like were very very worth. They were worth a million dollars the way he mm-hmm. played the game. Sure. But because the production was so obsessed with sucking the dicks of the likes of these people that were on Extinction Island or this guy, Rick Devins, you never saw any of it. And so you don't care about it. Like, you don't care about him as a player. But Gavin should have won. And they said they gave it to somebody who literally had played the game for four minutes. But the, but the contestants vote. Which is, which is, again, that's the whole point. The contestants vote. And so, like, they, obviously, there's a lot of truth to it. But at the same time, it's like, it's not Survivor. That's, that's Big Brother at this point. And it's, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. There's, it's a win Survivor. I feel like you need to play the game or you outwit, outplay, and outlast. And he did, he outlasted, but he outlasted after he was voted out. I mean, you can't be mad at him as a player because he did everything he was supposed to do. I'm more pissed at production and people like Jeff Probst. And the reason why I'm more pissed at Jeff Probst is this season sucks so badly. And it had the potential to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. The next season, the next season, the biggest complaint people have about Survivor is that there are too many advantages and twists and idols in the game. Mm-hmm. The next season is called Survivor Island of Idols, in which Jeff Probst brings back Sandra Diaz-Twine, who is a two-time winner, the only person to ever play the game Survivor twice and win. I worship her. I, I would lick the ground that she walks on. Mm-hmm. Sandra Diaz-Twine and Boston Rob. 
Mm-hmm. And they are literally just, they're like, essentially they're being, they're like mentors to the contestants, mm-hmm. but they literally, if you Google it, they literally, he's created physical like shrines of them. Like there are these giant like statues, like Mount Rushmore of these two players. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so, it's gotten so tacky and so cheesy that I just, it makes me so sad because these poor people who are playing the game. And I think of it for myself, like if I were to ever go on survivor, like, it'll never be about me. It's going to be about whatever Jeff Probst wants it to be. And it just frustrates me because I think it's a really wonderful and amazing, compelling television show that has just is in the hands of a monster. Now the hands of a monster. Now let me ask you this question. <sighs> the person that won, you say he got voted out third. Where did, did he, cause I know that typically on survivor, they kind of go to like a resort and hang out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so was this guy at the resort for the time and then came back or no, 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 no. So the whole point of this, this season or this, this theme was that when they were voted out, they were given a choice. They said, either you can go and, you know, be on this resort and take this vacation, or you can have it. You can go live on this desolate Island with nothing, literally with nothing, mm-hmm. with no food, no information, and just wait for maybe a chance to get back. Oh. So he, so he, so he did that, he, which, and which, uh, all but two people did that this whole season, which okay. is very impressive. Yeah. But so he waited out for 27 days and With he got nothing. to go back in. With nothing. He had no food, nothing. Um, you mean they, they, I mean, he had like, he fished and things, but they, they, he was not actively playing the game of survivor. He, they were just living on an Island doing nothing. Okay. But if, okay. Like I could see it being unfair if he went to like, you know, like a club med that's somewhere else on the Island and hung out and then came back all well-fed and rested. But oh he, yeah. No, that's totally he was going yeah, through it. So yeah, how no. how is it not he, okay? He wasn't doing the stupid dumb challenges with like drag a canoe across the beach or something. Right, no, but he wasn't. He wasn't playing. The, he wasn't. He wasn't playing the game to a degree where he was up for elimination on a weekly basis, on a, on a daily basis, where he was having to strategize and manipulate himself in the situations that kept him in the majority to not be voted out. Of the people who were voting, how many voted for him? What was the split? It was four people, four or five voted for somebody else. And of the 13, all but four or five of them voted for Chris. Yeah, but okay. so did they explain why they voted for this winner? Yeah, because they said that they just liked him and they thought that they spent time with him and they felt attached to him. And they also apparently some of them very much like All Stars, All Stars 3, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them said that they actually were so frustrated with the theme that they voted for him just to piss off production like could you imagine if this guy won like and it, and it ended up happening mm-hmm. but how do you know it's not one of those none of the above issues like we're, so in other words you're talking about how these other people played the game brilliantly but cl- apparently not if a rando person who hasn't been there the entire time comes in at the last minute and they're like we're going to choose him rather than you so then maybe they didn't play the game so brilliantly they, but he didn't play the game. Yeah, he but just that's, lived with but that's them. what I'm saying. They he, they essentially chose what they what they gave these contestants who were voting the jury an option of none of the above. They they were essentially doing the none of the above. Right, and that, and that typically that actually does often happen in Survivor, where like if you have a final three, they will vote for someone just because they weren't. Um, they'll vote for someone just because it's not this person that screwed me, or I'm just doing this despite them. But it's just it's the fact that he wasn't active, like. He wasn't actively in the game. Like no one even people didn't even remember him until he was brought back. No, hold Cole on Coker for a second. Said, Cole Coker in the chat room says he played a killer he played game a killer after, game after he, returned. he returned though. And you know why he played a killer game? It's because they fucking gave it to him. They gave him an idol, and they do these things to push a narrative because they wanted him to do well because they wanted the theme to succeed. And it's not fair. That's not the game. 
Now, uh, Luke, Luke says absence right. from the game just means less time to piss people off. Cole says, granted, he was gone half the time, but after he returned, he did everything he could oh, and more to win. Yeah, and you can't fault him. Again, He, I would do the same thing if I was out there. Like, that's like, again, you're out there. I'm, if you're going to give me this opportunity, I'm going to fucking take it. You can't, you can't fault him, which is what I'm saying. I'm just pissed at production. Now, I have, a, I have a question. Why have you sure. never been this passionate about anything that's ever happened on Drag Race? Really, really love Survivor, and I think Survivor has always historically been a, f- a fair competition show that literally anyone can win. It's an equal opportunity destroyer, but also like you, it is the ultimate like test of a person's like ability to adapt. And when you start, this is the first time that I've really felt like, like they have done everything they could to like to manipulate that to a degree that it's not fair. Like Drag Race, I know is a produced show. If that makes any sense, you know. Like I know that the choices that go into Drag Race are made by a higher being. These white men, whatever, Bailey, whatever. It's the a talent name. show where the other one's a competition. This is a competition where, like, and it's just like you. There are twists and there are things that you have to, you know, fly with, and people do get screwed. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. it's all on the person, and it just it's it's not it's not Survivor to me. Mm-hmm. All right, have you have, so have, that's you, why have, have you gotten it off your chest? Have we ranted about this? I th- I people are I think you need to go on the award-winning Pride 48 show Survivors Ready with Big Fat and <sighs> Burns. Um yeah, no I'm good. I want to be on it less now. <laughs> oh, Did, were you were you so desperate to talk about this you were willing to go on there? I just want to talk about it somewhere. And no one and the thing is that no one wants people I mean the show does very well. Like it's a very popular show, but I can't go to work uh-huh. and complain about Survivor to people. No one no one wants to hear about it. Yeah. Well, maybe, um, you know, maybe what we'll do is on Monday, because we have nothing to really talk about on Monday. Maybe we'll bring, if you're listening and you want to talk to to Evan about this on Monday on the River Mill, uh, hit me up at dragracerecap at gmail.com and we'll, yeah. we'll invite you on uh, the air and you can argue about it with Evan during the then, survivor portion. And by then I'll, by then, by then I'll have time to like, I'll have time to like actually like process it more. So to be fair, I also just watched the episode. Like I, I missed it last night. I was celebrating Dan's birthday. Uh-huh. And so I, I literally just watched it. So it gets, yeah, I'm hot. Did he vote you off the island last night? Something was voted off, but yeah. it wasn't me. I was trying to think of some sort of sex joke with that. Yeah, no, I did not find a hidden immunity idol. You looked though. You looked really hard. I looked. Yeah. All right. Well, Evan, I got, him, I got him an Apple Watch, and I said, "Now you have one." He's like, "Oh, I have one like Lori now." It's like I thought you didn't listen, so apparently he does listen. Oh, yeah. We, we had to do Fat Camp this week. That that kind of got away from us. And by the way, apologies yeah. to everyone. Did you listen to the tea yet? No, I was. I have not done anything, any of that listening because I was watching the show today. Any, but Aunt Shannon was in a horrible mood. It had nothing to do with us or anything like that. Something really bad happened to her yesterday. Did you, did you just unzip your zipper? What? Oh no, I have my briefcase here. I'm in the oh. I'm in the car. Oh. conference room. I was like getting my charger out. Oh, okay. Uh, something really bad happened to Shannon yesterday, but she said, "Let's keep doing the show," and we did it. But it, you can tell her energy is way low, and uh, we were just like, "Ugh." Anyway. So everyone yeah. who listens to the TU, apologies yeah. for this week. And, and trust me, Lori and Shannon and I have been in, in conference text messages discussing this in detail. So it, it'll be better next week. All right. Well, Evan, I'm going to post this immediately on Patreon. Thank you for doing this rant. I'm sure you'll have more to say on Monday. On yeah, Monday. I'm I, I'm sorry. This is probably not very coherent. And I'm like being kind of uncomfortable because people at work can does, really does see Jorgito, me. Does Jorgito listen to the watch Survivor? No, he used no. to actually. We used to watch it together and then he lost interest in well, sweet Michael um, watches it too, so I'll get his thoughts. And I, yeah, I miss I miss talking about that's all that's all we used to only talk about. I miss I miss maybe, hearing. Maybe his I can get him to call in on on the rumor mill. The right. only the only hope I will say for anyone listening, um, that the only hope that I do have for the show still is that 
um, season 40 is an all winter season, hmm. which is supposed to be really great. So I'm just, I'm holding out for about two years. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, thank you, Evan. Okay, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank and you guys. We'll I have to go back guys, and make uh, my money. Yeah. All right. Bye Evan. And we'll see you guys tonight on the, uh, on the, what is this thing? The first response to tonight's episode. All right. Bye Evan. Hello everyone. Uh, this is Evan Ayers again from Patreon, the rumor mill, and wherever else you may hear me sometimes on that camp, whatever. Um, some of you may know that I recently went live with Joe earlier today to discuss my thoughts on the Survivor finale. And I'll confess that I was a little verklempt, as they say, because I really didn't get a chance to fully formulate my thoughts. I just texted Joe in a rage um, because I just finished the episode and just wanted to air my thoughts. And I was sitting at my office that I just started two weeks ago. And people were staring at me, screaming at a screen about what they probably thought was a meeting, but I was yelling about a reality show. So I've uh, taken the time to block off my calendar, and I'm actually going on a little stroll. It's a gorgeous day here in Washington, D.C. I'm just coming up on the White House. And since the White House also enrages me, I figured I would take the time to share my thoughts a little more about my my visceral reaction to this episode of Survivor. Um, as well as kind of maybe get some thoughts on uh, covering some more episodes in the future. So before I get started, I do want to say that I am the biggest Survivor fan. Like, I cannot stress to you guys enough that Survivor is literally the show that created my obsession with reality television, that created my obsession with um, production, that really just is the bread and butter for me in terms of what I think is an exceptional television. I watched it. Literally the first episode of the first season when I was like eight years old. I've never missed an episode of the season. I am the biggest super fan. I can't think of a season that I haven't applied to since I've been eligible for it. Um, and I just think it's really rad. And I really, really uh, find it inspiring. And I think it's a cool concept that really encourages people to step out of their comfort zones and that it kind of exposes people for who they really are. And a lot of times... The problems that I have with the show in the recent seasons are that they there's an emphasis or a concern on manufacturing certain characters because like Drag Race or like shows that we've talked about on this on Patreon in the past, there's there's two different sides to an experience. There's a contestant experience and there's a production of a produced um, there's a produced show that you get. So the contestant experience, I think, is always more interesting than what we actually see on television. And so Survivor is interesting because it's a show that is filmed 24-7 for 39 days straight. Without any breaks, without any, you know, there's no downtime for these players in the game. And so they have to condense an episode from 39 days 24-7 to 40 minutes flat, about 13 episodes a season. And so... For me, it's always interesting when you hear about these contestants or for people that when you watch the show, it's very clear, kind of like when you think about Sophie Nutmeg and Ashton on this season of Drag Race, it's very clear who the producers want you to care about because they'll choose who to give more time to. And if you think about, you know, and this season, if for those of you who have watched this season, this is where I'm going to start getting technical, but Rick Devins, for example, is a contestant on this season who was voted out fourth and then we turned to the game and was pretty much dominant in terms of his presence and the kind of uh, the kind of contestant that was the center of every episode. 
And what frustrates me, where a lot of my anger comes from, is that production has allowed, or kind of not allowed, production has given players like him who aren't doing anything wrong. He's not a bad player. He's not a bad person. But it's the amount of showboating that players like him are given that take away from the credit of actual players who are doing the behind-the-scenes work. And it's, you know, it's, it's storytelling, and so you're meant to believe a certain way. Um, but people like Rick Devon frustrate me, not because of him as a specific person, but because of the ways in which that we're, we're supposed to consume him as, as a player. So, I'm going to sidetrack. Guys, I'm not kidding you. DC is wild right now. There are, you never see people in, in Make America Great Pass to get DC, except in this block. And I'm walking around right now. It's a tight-ass jeans, a tight-ass shirt. My faggot ass is strutting in some white shoes with them cuffed at the ankle. And people, you would think that I was an alien. I kind of love this. Anyway, my issues with Survivor this, this recent season, why I'm so upset, is that it, the, the actual premise of the game was not, was not what, what, what you expect and not what people signed up for. I think what's upsetting to me is that when something is so great and really, like, they, they, Survivor has a down path in terms of the secret sauce, the, the concept, the creation of the actual, you know, they have like a ridiculous, ridiculously amazing and talented production set design. They do such a great job with, you know, making this show seem so authentic for viewers and for the participants. That's incredible. All they have to do is cast the right people. There have been seasons of Survivor that suck. were so terrible. They were terrible because the people weren't good players. They weren't compelling television. I can forgive that. I can forgive a season sucking. An example would be Survivor Redemption Island, season 22, Survivor One World 23, um, even Survivor Nicaragua. Like, were all very bad seasons of Survivor. A lot of people would actually consider that to be the dark age of Survivor. But they weren't bad seasons because something unfair happened, or they weren't, they were bad seasons because the players were just duds. And you can't always predict that. You can't predict how someone's really gonna react when they're, you know, thrown out to the wilderness. They're stripped of all their, all their basic comforts and necessities. And some people just don't, they don't respond like you expect them to. And that's, that's okay to me because it's not anyone's fault except the people who are out there playing. Be the, you know, you, you can, it's your fault for not being a just kind I can forgive that. The reason why I'm so pissed about this season of Survivor is that there were people that were so fucking interesting and that were really, really compelling players. They brought back four of Arguably, some of the greatest people who ever played the game have never won. Whether or not I like all of them is not the case. I cannot stand this Joe Anglum. I think Joe Anglum is an embarrassment and everything that's wrong with Survivor uh, casual fandom because he's hot and he has long, long hair and he's every, you know, he's every ant's wet dream of like a dirty pool boy. But he doesn't actually play the game. He's good at challenges. He goes well. But if you watch every time he's played, he makes it to the merge, and then he gets voted out because he's a threat. He doesn't know how to strategize. They brought back Audrey Bracco, who is a two-time player. This is her third time playing. She was the final two of her first season and made very, very far into the other game, her on Game Changers, and is a brilliant strategist, and she's an amazing storyteller. 
she deserved to be brought back. They brought back Dave Wright, who is the poster child for uh, Survivor being for everyone, and that he's this little kind of squiddy noodle that fucking rocked it and became one of the biggest threats of this season, and he did really well. And then anyone that follows me on Twitter knows that they brought back my all-time favorite contestant of ever, 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 Kelly Weber, who is the epitome of um, power top, just like strong-ass woman who is incredible at the game. She has this amazing story where she was she played once with her dad. She was eliminated very early, and she came back, fought for her place, and she fucking played the game. She really, really showed people that, like, just because Survivor puts you in a season with certain players doesn't mean that you're a bad player. It really just comes down to how you react to your surroundings. I think she is such compelling television. I think she's an incredible figure. And I think that she really, I mean, she did kind of fuck up this season. But she is a fantastic contestant. Those are just four people that are compelling. And then you put them in the mix of these new players, all of whom... To be fair, have interesting stories. They, they, these weren't duds. These weren't boring idiot players who had nothing to offer, nothing to say. They all were very, I mean, this girl Wendy the, with the blue hair, as much as I couldn't stand her, she was interesting. This girl, um, what's her name? Victoria. It was the, the, the girl with the beanie. Like, brilliant strategist. And she was kind of a villain. I love that. Even Rick Devins, who I cannot. Stand. Not stand this Rick Devons. He still was captivating when you had to tell a story. And he fucking played the game. This season was stacked with interesting players. But the reason why this season sucked is because they signed up for a show that they didn't end up playing. And when you introduce this concept of the edge of extinction, which is a concept that essentially was, I mean, you can fight me on this if you want to, but they created this twist, Jack Probst specifically made this twist happen because he was worried that players, when you bring back players that have a very good reputation and have been very successful and you put them with new players, the new players are going to vote them out early because they don't want to be threatened by them and they want they want their own airtime. And if you look at it, they did that. Aubrey was the fifth person out. Joe was seventh out. Dave and Kelly went back out back to back and it took, I took them out. I mean, Kelly was voted against on every, almost every tribal she went to at the beginning. Like, these people know that these people were threats, and they wanted them out. So they made this twist because they wanted to bring them back, and they wanted to capitalize on them as figures and as contestants so that they could have them on TV longer and keep people coming back. They wanted to keep the thirsty housewives watching Joe and his man bun going fishing and complaining about how life is so hard for him. But what sucks is that they did it. And it was, you know, and that ended up happening. All four contestants that were returning players ended up staying the entire 39 days. But they didn't, they didn't, and none of them returned. So this twist backfired on them because they got, what ended up happening is they were handed a situation that resulted in a player who was virtually non-existent. He was probably a nice guy, this Chris Underwood, who ended up winning the show. He's probably a great guy. He's probably, I mean, honestly... He probably, I mean, he made it on the show before I did, so I can't really hate on him. But he had no business winning the game. And he came back and he won and he beat this Joe Anglum, who was, the, it was the challenge that was on day 37, I think, 36, 37, was between him and Joe at the end. And he beat Joe. And so they didn't end up getting any of their returning players back into the game, which were their, their stars. And so the result was the entire season 
we were spent kind of going back and forth between the actual contestants in the game versus those on Extinction Island. And all we were doing was thinking about those who were out already. They didn't focus enough on the character development, and they didn't focus enough on on showcasing why the people who are still in the fucking game are good players. Because they were. Victoria, an exceptional player. This Lauren, Lauren is so young, and she still found a way to make it to almost to the very end. She had that idol from day two. Never had a reason to use it, because she was a smart social player. Even Gavin. Gavin got to the very end and never received a vote. Like, that doesn't happen on Survivor unless you are a good player. But we weren't meant to care about that, because all we were supposed to care about was who was going to come back, which one of these returning players was going to come back and give CBS and production the, the show and the story that they want. And when that didn't happen, they had to find a way to ensure that it was at least there was some payoff. And so people will argue that this is this is a conspiracy or not, but I think Hidden Immunity Idols have been, for those of you who don't know, Hidden Immunity Idols are, have been in the game since Season 11 Guatemala. And the idea is that when you find a Hidden Immunity Idol, you can keep it a secret or you can tell people. But if you are in tribal council and you receive votes against you, you can essentially negate those votes. But the caveat is that you have to play the idol before the votes are read. So it's supposed to be this big, dramatic, you know, uh, this big situation where you have to take a risk. There's always a risk involved, but sometimes the risk pays off and it's glorious. And sometimes people fucking flounder, and it's also kind of glorious because it's great TV either way. But they have started throwing these fucking idols in this game left and right. An interesting side note about how people, the idols are, you know, given and found in different ways. But one of the most commonly known uh, secrets amongst contestants are they know where these idols are to a degree because when they start walking near the area where the idols are hidden, they know the cameramen are going to be focusing on them more closely because they want to capture that moment. So the smart players actually know where to find it is because they'll just wander until the production or the camera guys get really, you know, excited or full zoom in on them. Like, it's kind of shitty, but that's the way it is. And so what happens is these players know exactly how to manipulate and find these idols faster, depending on who they are. And so this guy, Chris, when as soon as he got back in the game, this also happened with Rick Devins. It's so loud. I got to get away from these tourists. Guys, if you ever come to DC, please don't ever, 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 ever wear these like matching shirts and wear American Make America Great hats again because I will throw my shirt at you. Um, these contestants are essentially hand given these idols because they know exactly where to look for them. So this guy Chris gets back in the game after being on the edge of extinction for 27 days, essentially playing Survivor for nine days, being on the edge of extinction where he just sat and slept and fished and talked to these people, which, you know, if that's the game he was given. Like, he wasn't, this is, that's not, this is not his fault. He gets back in the game and he gets a clue or he's, he's essentially tipped off whether or not directly or indirectly how to find this idol. And it pretty much guarantees him a spot in the final four. Where I do respect his game is that he did something that I actually really didn't think anyone would do. He won individual media at the final four and gave it up because he wanted to earn his spot in the final three. To be fair, that's fucking dope. That is ballsy. That is not something that I think I would even do as a player. And that's really commendable. Like, he truly fought his way into that final three, and he earned it. Like, I'm not arguing that he did not earn his spot in the final three. I'm arguing that 
the fact that he was even given the opportunity to be there, and the fact that the person he was fighting against was the fourth person voted out of the game, is not fair. It's not Survivor. It's Big Brother, in that you know these people are just are playing socially, but they're not competing in this, the social politics of the game. And so my frustration is that I get so invested in this show because I love the tenacity quote RuPaul. This show is actually about the, the tenacity of the human spirit and like what people are willing to do and how hard someone's willing to fight to get somewhere and to get something. And I just don't think that this person showed enough of enough tenacity throughout this series of, you know, 14, 15 episodes. He killed it in the end. And like, I think it's I mean, good for fucking him. He really does deserve it. But I just think it let the viewers down in that I think we're, I, I just expect more of the show to be more fair that, you know, people like Lauren or Victoria deserve a chance to at least like fight for their spot. And it's, instead they were killed off like a Game of Thrones character in the, you know, penultimate episode. And so I, I'm just, I'm disappointed that I feel like at some point, if I ever get to go on this show, it's not going to matter how hard I try. It's going to, it's ultimately going to matter. It's ultimately going to come down to what returning players are here and what kind of story does the production want the viewers to understand? Because they have to keep the show fresh and interesting and the show does deliver. I can't, you can't deny it, but I just think it's, it's, this completely changes the way the game is, is, is being played. And if I mentioned earlier, the, the concept of there being like a dark age and that there were a few seasons of the show that really were considered the worst, this, this redemption island, so 22, 23, 24. And several of these seasons, there was a, a twist that I caught some called redemption islands, where when you're voted out, you could essentially hang out and duel against someone for maybe a chance to get back in. But there were a lot more, it was, it was a different experience. But those, again, the concept of a, of a player returning to the game after being voted out changes the game completely. And because then it dictates how you treat them when you're voting with them, when you're voting against them, when they return. You have to think of all these different factors that I think makes it difficult to be a successful and, and ruthless player. I still like it. I don't like it. I think it's, I think it's a shitty way of, a shitty cheap way of trying to push a storyline. I think it's bullshit. And I think Lynn Spillman, who was fired from CBS for casting, should be laughing somewhere watching this, seeing what a fucking shit show this season was. I think the next season's going to be terrible because we're not going to know any of these people's names because they're going to suck Boston Rob's dick and flick fucking Sandra's beam the whole time. Who I love these players, but I want to watch people play the game of Survivor. I don't want to watch CBS and Jeff Probst idolize and worship these players that uh, we already know are good. I think that's all I have for now. Um, it's very disappointing, but that's life. Just a TV show, right? It's not a big deal. But clearly it is, because I just spent 20 minutes ranting about it. I would love to recap um, some of the greatest episodes that I think are actual, true, classic, incredible Survivor. So I'd be very happy to hear your thoughts if you'd want to hear me talk about what I think are when I think of why this season was so bad and the episodes that I think about and seasons that I think were so good and why this show was so successful, I would love to talk about those. So if this was moderately interesting to you, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, hit me up. Oh, God. And I can't even... Normally I would just want to go and, like, 
watch RuPaul's Drag Race think myself do better, but that show sucks now too. It doesn't suck, but um, it's been a tough time for TV. It's been a tough season for TV, man. So I think I'm going to go back to my office now. I'm going to have a beer because I'm stressed. And I look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts. Uh, thank you for listening to my rant. And uh, you guys are the best. Thank you. Bye.